As was mentioned this morning, scripture reading comes from 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Good morning again. It's good to see everybody here. And uh, if you're watching, welcome. We appreciate you doing that. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Right after we were married, the night, the day after we were married, we spent the night down in Houston. And then the next day, we took off for New Orleans. And we had, our car was still decorated from the wedding. And on it was just married. And also written on it was New Orleans or bust. In Beaumont... I was changing lanes, trying to figure out, if you've ever been through Beaumont, then you know you're trying to stay on I-10, and I believe the uh, 96, Highway 96 kind of cuts through, and you've got to figure out, if you're me at least, how to get to 10. So I was trying to figure out how to do that, trying to figure out how to get going in the right direction, and I couldn't see the cars coming behind me, beside me, uh, and I was trying to get over, and I cut the car off. In behind me as I changed lanes. I didn't hit it. I just cut it off. And then the lights came on from that car that was behind me. I got pulled over. And the officer, officer was really nice. We had a nice conversation. He gave me a warning. He said, and, and he gave me admonition, get off the road. Go wash the windows of your car and, and get on your way. And then he started to walk off and he said, and by the way, New Orleans is that way. So I appreciated him doing that, but we were going the wrong way, trying to, trying to be on the right way. You know, there's a very important question that we need to continually answer, and that's whether or not we are going the right way spiritually, whether we've taken right or wrong turns, and make sure that we've taken the right turns. So we need to be able to answer the question, do you know for sure that you're saved? And are you sure about that? 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test or pass the test? Have you examined yourself lately? Hopefully you just got through doing that. Hopefully you've been doing that. But are you saved and are you sure about that? We're going to look at a few possible answers this morning to that question. And we're going to start with this answer. I don't think so. I don't think so. Turn over to Luke 18, chapter, uh, verses 18 through 23. Luke 18, 18 through 23. Right after we got married, not long after we got married, we were invited. I was invited to go sing at one of our friend's wedding in Mississippi. It was nighttime, it was in the wintertime, it was cold, and 
I had a brilliant idea. And so I talked Amy into getting in the back seat of the car of the newly wedded couple. We covered her up with coats. She agreed to do this. Probably not the brightest idea, but she went for it. And, and we saw the car take off after the couple got in it. And it took off at a pretty good clip. It got almost to the end, right as you got ready to go into the street from the, from the parking lot. It stopped suddenly. Brake lights came on and then reverse lights came on and it zoomed back. And Amy got out and then they took off. What we didn't see is Amy being covered up and they started talking romantically and then she realized it's time to pop up and she popped up and said so where are we going for our honeymoon I don't know if they thought that was entertaining but I certainly did she was not supposed to be there she had been in the ceremony she had seen the ceremony and then she got in the car and just because she was in the car with him it didn't mean that she was married to him She's going in the same direction, but she absolutely wasn't going to the same destination. In Luke 18, we encounter a man who knew he wasn't going where he needed to be going. He, and he knew he wasn't going to end up at the right destination. So we look at 18, verses 18 through 23. We can also find this account in Matthew 19, but we're going to look at 18. It says, and it says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He was after it. He was wanting to know about it. So Jesus says to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is good. And that is God. And you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he, and he said, and you can just hear the excitement in your mind. All these things I've kept from my youth. Now this young man wants to know, this ruler wants to know about in, in, inheriting eternal life. And so I imagine he might be excited to hear that. That's it. And then he said... All these things, so when Jesus heard these things, he said to him in 22, you still lack one thing. Okay, what is it? Sell all that you have, distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. But when he heard this, when the man heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was, he was rich. You know, this young man came to Jesus. This man came to Jesus because he didn't believe. He, he didn't think so. He didn't believe that he was going to be able to have eternal life, and he was seeking it. You know, if you were to ask him at this point, are you saved, are you not, he would have said, I don't think so. I don't think so. And when someone realizes that they're, they're not in a saved situation... And they realize that if Jesus were to come back at any time, they would eternally be lost. And they realize that they need to approach Jesus. And then they realize that they need to do the will of God in order to be right with him. And then they come to the conclusion, I need to do this. And they're willing to do the will of God 
then eternal good things are going to happen to them. That answer can be changed if someone says, I don't think so. That answer can be changed by teaching such a person the truth about how to know God's will, how to do God's will, and why you would want to do God's will. So he says, I don't think so. That's one, that's one response. The next response, I think so. I think so. Let's go to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. And we're going to look at verses 24 through 30. And there's a man in verse 24. He's a certain Jew. He's named Apollos. He's born at Alexandria. He is an eloquent man. In other words, he is well-spoken. When he talks, people listen. And also, he's mighty in the scriptures. He knows his stuff. And he came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed, we read in 25, in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and he taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And then when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. I think so. I think I'm doing it right. I'm saying the right things. I'm presenting them in the right, in the right way. But they had to take him aside and explain the way of God more accurately. And once they did that, things, things went well for him. 27, when he had desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing, that the, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. If you had asked that man, if you had asked Apollos at that point, before he met Aquila and Priscilla, are you, are you on the right track? Are you saved? He would say, yeah, I think so. Matthew seven twenty one through 23, Jesus is talking. And he says, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but who? I'll let you get there. Sorry, I started reading 21 through 23 of Matthew 7. Scriptures will subtly change at the bottom of these slides. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Jesus says, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That's unfortunate. These people are calling on his name. But Jesus says, he who does the will of my Father in heaven, that's who's going to go. And a lot of people, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and I will declare to them, I will make the sad statement, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. They didn't do the will of God. These people were trying, it seems like, from what they say and ask to do the right things. But they were missing the most important thing. And that is finding out what is and then doing the will of God. Apollos was doing some great things. But he wasn't going, he wasn't knowing and going the way of God the way he should. You know, Proverbs 30, 12 simply reads, There are those who are clean in their own eyes. There are those who are clean in their own eyes but are not washed of their filth. I think so. I think so. Another response is, well, I thought so. 
I thought so. I thought that I was fine. Our son got married in January. And while I was at Connor and Madeline's wedding at the reception, I met a man who told me the story about his marriage. And not too long ago, his wife, who never worked outside the home, needed to have proof of her marriage. She was filling out some forms and she needed to have proof of her marriage. And she went, she went through various channels and the license was nowhere to be found. Their wedding ceremony had taken place several years before that. In fact, since then they've, they had 10 children. And after a while, after looking and looking and no record that Texas had for them, they finally realized, they finally figured out it was discovered that the minister who had presided over the, over the wedding ceremony forgot to take the marriage license to the courthouse all those years ago. According to the state of Texas, they weren't legally married at all. You know, in their heart of hearts, they had, they had done what they were supposed to do. They were legally married in their heart of hearts. They had done all the right things. They just lacked one thing. And if you ask them, if you ask them if they had been married all this time, they would reply, we thought so. We thought so. You know, at one point in Paul's life, he, well, in Paul's life, he thought so. He thought that he was living the right way. He thought that he was in good standing with God. And we look at Acts 26, 9 through 11. Indeed, I, met, I myself thought I must do many things contrary, contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And this I also did in Jerusalem. And, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they, listen, when they were put to death, I condoned it. In fact, I voted for it. And I punished them in leaven, them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly, in, exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. I followed them, I hunted them down, and I had them tortured, put in prison, and killed. But if you asked them at that point, were you in good standing with God? He would have said, Yes. But if you asked him after he became a Christian, he would have said, I thought so. I thought so. He thought that he was absolutely doing God's will without a doubt. He thought that he was on the right road. He thought that he was in spiritually good standing with God. And the other Jews, the other Jews who participated in this, they thought they were right too. But he was terribly wrong. They were terribly wrong. We... We look at Matthew chapter 7 again. Matthew chapter 7. We go back there. And we simply look at 13 and 14 of that chapter. We want to get to heaven. We want to have eternal life. We want to inherit that. And this says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. Are many. 
And again, I don't believe this is talking about people who have just turned their backs on God. I believe this is talking, in the same context, Jesus is talking about people in 721 who thought they were doing the right thing. And Paul and his followers and those other Jews that were participating in this thought they were doing the right thing. And it was a wide road. And if Paul had stayed on that road, he would have faced eternal destruction. But he didn't. He encountered Jesus on another road. And his life was changed. His life was changed. But again, if you had asked him after his life was changed, were you doing the right thing before? I thought so. I thought so. Finally, I know so. I know so. It's possible. You look at 1 John 5, 13. This scripture lets us know. The whole book of 1 John, the whole letter, is written to Christians who sounds like they were struggling, sounds like they needed reassurance, and they needed, to be, they needed to have things written to them that would bolster their confidence in their salvation. And so John writes in 5.13, these things I've written to you. Why, John? That you may know you may know that you have eternal life. Not just think, not just wonder, not just hope so, but know so that you will have eternal life. Again, struggling Christians need to hear this. Struggling Christians need to have the assurance that we need to have in order to know for sure that we have salvation. Have we done what we need to do in order to become a Christian? Yes, Based on our belief, yes. Based on our willing to repent and trying hard to keep that going, yes. Based on our willingness to confess Christ before him, yes. And I was baptized too. And so since then, I haven't struggled one bit. Do you believe that? <laughs> that is absolutely not true. I have mightily struggled in my Christian walk. And I need to hear these words. I write these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. No, we can all relate to that. So, how do you know? I'm just, I, I have gone through 1 John and I have marked or highlighted those scriptures that let me know for sure. I'm not going to read them all. I'm not going to refer to them all. But we're going to get a few chapters into 1 John. And we're going to look at some ways that John helps us to know so. To know so. And so... The first thing we're going to look at is John 1, 7. We're going to go through these in order. So if you want to turn to 1 John and look at chapter 1. In verse 7, you want to know so, you walk in the light. Don't walk in the darkness. 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and we can be sure that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from a few sins. That's not what it reads. It reads from all sins. All sins. All sins. Think about that. Second, we need to acknowledge sin in our lives. That's very important for us to do. I thought when you were baptized, all your sins went away and then you didn't struggle with sin anymore. Well, apparently, in 1 John, 
the people who John is writing to, apparently they did struggle. Verses 8 through 10 of 1 John 1, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins, thankfully, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, again, all unrighteousness. And if we say we've not sinned, what do we do? We make him, we make him a liar and his word isn't in us. We acknowledge sin. And once we do, we can take care of that sin. Next thing, we need to obey God. When we obey God, we know from 1 John 2, 3, by this we, and other scriptures in 1 John, by the way, we know that we know him if what? If we keep his commandments. What does that mean, keep his commandments? Well, he laid out some things that we need to do in order to live good Christian life. He's laid out some things that we need to do in order to obey his will. And we know from Christ's teaching what we ought to do, what we need to do when we have studied the word and learned the will of God. The next thing, we need to love each other. We need to walk, I'm sorry, walk like Christ, 1 John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him or lives in him or lives by him, lives with him, ought himself to walk just as he walked, walking in his footprints, walking the way that he walked, in the manner with which he walked. And then we have love each other. 1 John 2.10, he who loves his brother abides. We want to walk in the light. We want to stay in the light. You love your brother. You will abide in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. You reverse that. You don't love your brother and your sister. There will be a cause for stumbling. You're unlovable. You make yourself unlovable. But we love each other anyway. And then as far as love goes, do not love the world, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. There's some easy uh, words to live by in that. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. There's so many things in the world to love. If anyone loves the world, we read, the love of the Father is not in him. That's a warning and that's a scary statement. 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world, you need to know, is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does what? The will of God abides forever. You will have eternal life. Those are just a few of the things, just a few of the things that teach us a last one, live righteously, 1 John 2, 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. We talked in Bible boot camp, what the breastplate of righteousness. What in the world does righteousness mean? And we simply told the children, it's rightness. Being right in God, it is living in a right way. Rightness. We practice rightness and we know for sure that we are living, that we are abiding in Him. When I first started driving, my, we took a trip from Washington State down to Lamar, Colorado to see family members. I hadn't been driving long, but my dad had been driving from Washington State all the way to Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is a pretty good stretch of highway, stretch of road. 
He was very tired, and, he, and it was in the middle of the night, and he woke me up and said, Troy, can you drive some? I'm going to go to sleep. And he got in the back of the van and went to sleep. And I drove, and I drove for hours and hours, and then I pulled over to, let, to get gas, and he was going to drive at that point. I thought I had fully released the emergency brake, but I hadn't. It was halfway released. I didn't know that. I'd been driving for so long. When I started out, I was dragging. I was, the van was working hard, and it worked hard until we stopped to get, get gas. I didn't notice it, but, we, but I know for sure that we got terrible gas mileage on, on that little leg of the trip. But trying to drive with the emergency brake on Trying to live a Christian life with doubt about salvation and guilt about unforgiven sin is like driving through life with the emergency brake on. We may eventually get used to it, but it's going to take a lot out of us, out of our minds, out of our hearts, out of our emotions, and we eventually we get worn down to where it doesn't matter how fast or slow. We're just tired of trying to drive with the emergency brake on. But then we have a scripture like 1 John 5.20. And we know, again, there's that phrase, and you find that so many times in 1 John. We know that the Son of God has come. We know and that He's given us an understanding and so that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true in His Son. This is the true God and this knowledge that we have, that we're confident in, confident in and we are living as children of God, walking the way we need to. This is the true God and we have eternal life. How would you answer that question? Are you sure that you're right with God? If your answer is, I don't think so, you need to change that idea and we can help you. We can study with you and we can show you the will of God so that you can follow the will of God. We show you through scriptures, in scriptures alone, and you learn the will of God and you can, you would be able to say after following his will to do what he says to do in order to, what the Bible says in order to be a Christian, you can say, I know so. I know so. If your answer is, I think so, but you learn things in scripture that, that contradict that knowledge and you have learned things and, and let's study if, you, if you're wondering, if you have any doubt. If you think you know so, but as you're learning, you realize that's not true, that is not so, act on that. Because we want you, God wants you to know for sure that you're going to heaven if Jesus were to come back at any given time. If you're in the category of not knowing, we want to study with you. But you're in the category of knowing what you need to do, but you haven't. We want, we encourage you and challenge you to act on that knowledge. If you are a Christian who has been driving with the emergency brake on, stop. Let's take care of it. Let's, let, let's help you, you. Let you help us. Let you help you. If there are any needs that can be met by coming forward this morning as we stand and sing, let those be known, please.